At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. This episode is sponsored by photographycourse.net. Our 365 Days of Photography course is now live. This is an amazing opportunity for you to grow as a photographer. My teammate, Kevin LJ, has produced this course in a step-by-step -step format, which is very easy to follow. He presents it in bite-sized lessons, each with a practical challenge. You'll learn and practice a new aspect of photography every single day. If you've been wondering how you can improve your photography without having to commit time to long lessons, this is the course for you. We've designed each lesson to be around five minutes long, and you can spend as much time on the challenges as you like. There's also a friendly forum where you can share the photos you take and get constructive feedback from others on the course. Kevin's professional photography experience is extensive. He covers not only photography essentials, but also many genres of photography throughout the course. You will learn far more about photography than simply how to use your camera. For our listeners, we are offering a very special discounted price of $99 instead of the launch price, which is $149. The final price will soon be $365, so make sure to take advantage of this great deal today. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com slash 365 to claim your discount. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I talk to Nabil, who is a wedding portrait and event photographer. He has a background in literature, which inspires his work in interesting ways, and a very creative approach to photography. We talk about these things and more in this episode. Please enjoy. Hey, Nabil. Welcome to the podcast. I'm very happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself. Hey, Taya. Thank you for having me. So my name is Nabil. I am a portrait and event photographer based in Ottawa. I also specialize in videography and video editing, and I make the occasional explainer video here and there. And on a personal level, I enjoy nature and landscape photography the most. It's certainly the one type of photography that has always pushed uh, my limits and 
I always enjoy adding new um, types of photography into my repertoire. So uh, astrophotography is going to be uh, the next one on on my list. <laughs> yeah, it's really exciting. You have a very diverse amount of interests. So what camera equipment do you use? Uh, so I use the Sony a7 III. And for the lenses, I use the uh, Sony FE 50mm 1.8 and also the Tamron 2875 2.8, which is amazing for portraits and also for landscape photography. Oh, and I guess I should have mentioned, uh, I mean, this is quite recent, but I recently got into doing wedding photography. And mm -hmm. uh, this past summer, I actually shot at quite a few weddings. And honestly, I love it. Uh, Certainly very uh, demanding, very tiring on the day off, but the results are always so fulfilling and seeing the couple's reaction once they see, you know, that perfect shot of the kiss or when they're walking down the aisle, that reaction is certainly priceless. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine how fulfilling that is. And it's it's definitely gratifying to to be able to make your clients happy. So I understand your enthusiasm about that. <laughs> when did you realize that you wanted to be a photographer? Uh, I, so the way it started with me, uh, my pre I was working at a wedding company where they had a lot of wedding efficients across Canada and they wanted someone to shoot videos for them. So they asked me if I could do it. And at that point I had shot one video in my entire life and it was through my, uh, Galaxy S8 phone. And I said, yes, I didn't really have any experience with editing on Premiere, but I approached it with the fake it till you make it mentality and added a lot of hard work to that. So, uh, kept approving with every video and eventually I turned to photography because it's always been a passion for me. My, uh, the first camera I ever gotten was Nikon D3100 and it was right after high school and certainly enjoyed taking photos and seeing, and as it, as it was my first uh, professional camera, like the, I was always amazed at the results and I always wanted to take it to the next level. So I would say it started 10 years ago when I got that camera, but then I kind of put it in the back burner. And then once I got that video opportunity, I just kept working, uh, kept working on videography and I realized, you know what, maybe it's time for me to uh, re, uh, revisit photography again. And it's been, been quite a journey so far. <laughs> yeah, it's always exciting when you finally do fall in love with photography. Because for a lot of people, like you said, it's Sometimes you have the camera lying around, you pay attention to it sort of, but then you really get into it at one specific point in your life and that sort of changes you as a person. I think that's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. You're also a literature graduate. How has learning about literature affected your photography? Hmm. Oh, that's a very good question. So um, with literature, we study all aspects of a story, right? From the introduction till the end, the rise of tension, uh, the different ways of narration. And that really inspired a lot when it comes to telling a story through photography, trying to find different perspectives to take the same shot, trying to produce something that's original. I mean, with smartphones and technology in the past 15 years, everyone has a decent camera to use, right? And I certainly want to produce something that's unique and something that maybe hasn't been shot before so with literature and i mean literature is so vast and you know every genre has multiple ways of telling the story and i think that was the most valuable lesson with photography and with videography it was it was the same but like on a much bigger level because with videography you get your your tools for narration and telling a story are a lot more diverse so 
Yeah, that's really interesting. And I feel like when you think of literature, you don't instantly think of photography, obviously. So it is cool that you're able to use your background in it to to take photos that really tell a story, a meaningful one, and uh, stand out more in your portfolio. I think that's very admirable. Thank you. You primarily photograph people and events, including weddings, as you said that you got into that recently. You seem to work really well in a candid environment where you have to be quick on your feet and take sharp photos at the same time. Do you have any tips for photographers who want to master event photography? Hmm, that is that's an excellent question. And yeah, I certainly prefer the candid approach. I find that most people are awkward in front of a camera. And for me, the most exciting challenge for me is when I have a photo shoot scheduled and someone says, oh, I'm actually very awkward in front of a camera or I'm not photogenic or my photos always look bad. And that just motivates me so much more. And that's why I have that candid approach. And now how to get those photos when it comes to events or weddings, I think preparation would be a key aspect. So I do have a little bit of a background in event management. I studied event management here in Ottawa for a year. And every event has has certain elements, right? Like there's always a schedule. There's always specific things that will happen at a specific time, just like with a wedding where, uh, you know, the first look between uh, the bride or between the bride and her father, for example, or when she's walking down the aisle, the kiss and so on. So what I do before any type of event is I prepare. I have a planning meeting, be it with the event organizer or with a couple. If it's a wedding, I get all the details that I need, uh, who's seeing who, where are they getting ready, how are we do- how, who is walking down the aisle. So I get all the elements of the wedding and I prepare for them. And I always have the cues. Like I'll always be looking for, uh, you know, for example, if the flower girl uh, starts walking down the aisle, I know the bride is about to start walking down. And then I'll prepare my uh, both cameras because I always use two cameras when I'm shooting a wedding. So I'll just change my settings accordingly and try to get as many shots as possible in verse. And also using manual focus is great for that. I mean, it's a bit more challenging when you have a moving subject, but basically it's a preparation and take as many shots as you can because it never hurts. Because uh, for specific events, um, like if you miss the first kiss, then yeah, you missed it. You can't really ask the couple to uh, redo it, right? I mean, even if they do, it's not going to be that organic, genuine moment when they kiss for the first time as husband and wife. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. You have to be prepared. That's the most important step. And sometimes, of course, things will go wrong. And do you ever, what do you do when something doesn't work out the way that you expected it to? Uh, I mean, you improvise. Uh, uh, so one of the weddings I shot recently, uh, the the venue for the ceremony was not well lit at all. Like it was almost like candlelit. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I couldn't go visit the venue beforehand because it was in Montreal. So it was like a two hour, two hour drive away. So it was certainly a challenge, uh, especially that, you know, the ceremony is kind of like the important part where the groom gets to see the bride for the first time, the kiss and so on. And uh, I improvise. So thankfully with Sony cameras, uh, if you really crack up the ISO, you don't really get a lot. It's noisy, but not grainy enough. The photo becomes unusable. And I also caved and used flash photography, although I'm not a big fan of flash photography. And I also have a few LED lights I always keep in my backpack for... uh, you know, for situations like these. So it was a lot of improvising and just trying to find angles where there's a little bit of natural light coming in through the windows. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's honestly improvising and um, whatever happens, you always get the shot and 
yeah, you, you just being quick on your feet, I guess, and uh, having the extra gear as well. Because I remember, like that night, I almost did not pack my flash, but I'm like, well, you know what? It might come in like come in handy because I was packing so so much gear. I had two cameras and I think six lenses. But yeah, being prepared and having those additional gadgets here and there will definitely uh, <laughs> help in situations like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, even if you're really prepared. You have to also be prepared for moments when something might not go as as you expected. And I think it's, of course, very challenging. But afterwards, your confidence probably goes way up because you know that you handled the situation well, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The the experience certainly plays a big part. I mean, I remember how nervous I was before my first wedding because, you know, it's... I find that weddings are stressful because you get one shot at everything. So... Mm. So yeah, the first one, I was definitely nervous. But then by the third one, I was like, oh man, I am in my zone right now. I am just, I finally like found a groove and that confidence of just knowing where to be, how to direct the couple and all of that was invaluable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And do you shoot alone or do you have someone like an assistant helping you? Uh, for now, I shoot alone. And I mean, I've never really ha- felt the need to, except for for when I start doing weddings because sometimes uh, I usually, for, let's say for ceremonies for example I like to shoot with uh, the Sony Zeiss uh, 35mm 1.4 and I also use a telephoto uh, lens so the telephoto lens is obviously like super heavy and it's so difficult to have it on a tripod and I am constantly moving so that's the one time where I felt that it would be great if someone could be using the other camera and I could just focus on you know the for example the prime shots while an assistant would be helping with a telephoto lens. So that's something I'm certainly going to be doing for uh, the upcoming wedding season. Our 365 Days of Photography course is the ultimate learning experience for new photographers and even those with some experience. This course, presented in bite-sized lessons, teaches you step-by-step the essentials of photography and beyond. Get your discount code by visiting greatbigphotographyworld.com slash 365. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're constantly evolving as a photographer, so it's good to know that and good to go through that trial and error. Absolutely. Event photography often comes with the responsibility of photographing strangers, and as you said, strangers feel uncomfortable in front of the camera typically. It can be intimidating to approach people that you don't know, especially if you're a shy person. Mm-hmm. How do you approach strangers and how do you make them feel comfortable in front of your camera? Hmm. Very good question. So obviously there's the candid photos where, you know, I don't really approach them. I just photograph them in their element. But when I have to stage photos or approach them, um, so I'll either uh, approach, if it's a wedding, I'll approach the uh, the strangers and be like, hey, uh, can I please take a photo for the bride and groom or for the couple? Mm-hmm. That usually always uh, breaks the ice and that will make them accept. <laughs> uh, because with event photography, I've had a lot of, uh, there were a lot of instances where strangers just do not want their photo taken. And uh, the other thing I do is I just try and chat them up or try and have them try and take some some natural photos while they're getting ready for the shot. So Mm -hmm. if if it's a stage photo, you know, people are always like, you know, uh, people are either like adjusting their ties, their suit, uh, their suit jackets, sometimes like the dress, the hair. So when they're doing like it's that moment between them getting prepared and right before they're ready. Or like while they're talking to each other, like I try to take some photos when that process is happening Mm -hmm. because it's sometimes it results in great candid photos. And, you know, if it's a friendly, I mean, if I try to be as friendly as possible, like approach it with a big smile. And, um, you know, if they tell me I am, 
I'm very awkward in front of a camera or I never take good photos, I'll just tell them, you know what? I've got space for 30,000 photos. We'll take as many photos as we need to till we get the right one. And that usually makes them makes them feel a lot more comfortable. Yeah, that's really nice. I've never heard of that approach. That's <laughs> a approach because then you let them know that you are making time for them and that you're not just going to impatiently go through the process of sh- getting just, you know, a few photos of them, regardless of whether they feel awkward or not. So, yeah, it's about mm-hmm. making sure your subjects feel that they're cared for and that they that their opinion matters to you. Absolutely. And uh, one other trick that I really like to use, uh, it's when I approach someone for a photo and they're kind of hesitant, like they'll just give me this look where it's like, uh, and I can, I can tell like they're just thinking, oh, I'm not sure how I feel about this. So I just tell them, you know what, we'll take a few photos and I'll show them to you. If you don't like them, I'll delete them. And that makes them feel really uh, more comfortable because, I mean, I've been in events before where like a photographer takes a photo of me and I'm and certainly not in the most uh, complimenting light. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then like, I just see them walking away and it's like, oh my God, like they, they just took a horrible photo of me or I, at least I think so. And they just walked away. But the fact that you show the guests or, you know, these strangers, the photo, it makes a huge difference. <laughs> yeah. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did, and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. And how do you deal with the whole concept of rejection? Because a lot of photographers are afraid, and people in general are afraid of rejection, and it's scary, and it sometimes makes you feel like you're not good enough, you don't deserve to take the next best shot you know how do you deal with when there are situations where people say you know i don't want you to photograph me or i don't like this picture uh well i mean if they don't want to be photographed then i always respect that i've certainly had events where people approached me uh <laughs> at this one person i think uh it was a gala and i think this person might have been a little bit angry and a little bit intoxicated mm-hmm. so they just approached me and they said don't you dare take a photo of me and like I wasn't even looking at their direction. I didn't even know who it was. And um, I just had a very diplomatic approach. I'm like, you got it. Like, I'll make sure to never get you in any of my photos. And if there's uh, a photo of you that I took accidentally, then I'm definitely not going to post it or I'll just crop you out. And that seemed to diffuse the situation. But I mean, if I approach someone and they say, no, I don't want my photo taken, then I just give them a smile and say, hey, you know what? No worries at all. If you do end up changing your mind or if you find some friends that you want to take photos with as a group photo, then you can, uh, I'll be around. Just come find me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also important to not take that personally, right? Because then you'll feel like you're just not good enough as a photographer. If you take everybody's rejection personally. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I try to see it more as people kind of perceive themselves and how uncomfortable they are with a camera, as opposed to it being something about me or my photography. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good approach. It's it's healthier, I believe. 
Yeah, it really helps with yeah, especially with it really helps, especially with your you know mental health and self esteem to approach it that way. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, because people do think about the way that they feel in front of the camera, and if it's something they're not comfortable with, then it's definitely not a reflection of who you are as an artist at all. Absolutely, yeah, and uh, you will always get those people. You know, even if you're a seasoned photographer of twenty years, uh, you'll still get people who say no. So yeah. Just a big smile and uh, move forward. <laughs> yeah, move on, yeah. What is something that every photographer should know, in your opinion? Something every photographer should know. Oh, man. <laughs> there's, there's quite a lot to that. So um, I'd say the most important thing that I've learned since I started doing this is that the gear does not matter. It's really working with what you have. Right. Uh, so when I first got my A7 III, I was really obsessing about, you know, getting more lenses, uh, getting an external screen, a recording screen for my videos. And I was more focused on the gear rather than focusing on what I can do with just my camera and with what I have. And the moment I stopped focusing on the gear, that's when my photography started like to improve in strides like it improved so much because i wasn't thinking about outside elements that could help it was just me and the lens and the subject and like okay this is it it's just it's just us and i have to find a way to work with what i have and that is i'd say that's the most important thing that anyone who gets into photography should know Mm -hmm. yeah i agree with you that's really solid advice i remember when i first started i was really insecure about the kind of equipment I was using and it definitely wasn't the best but it was still something and Mm -hmm. once I got over that fear that's when I really started to develop a good connection with my equipment and take photos that I was really happy with yeah it's really good advice just about the technical side of things when it comes to gear and such Mm -hmm. oh certainly yes and um getting really familiar with your with your gear is also very important when you're um when you're doing shoots that are on the go where you're constantly shooting. And mm-hmm. I got to a point now with my camera where I don't even need to look. I just know what I'm doing, like especially with the Sony cameras where they allow you to personalize your modes and your custom buttons. Mm. That helps so much when uh, you're trying to switch gears. You know, for example, one of the weddings I shot, I was taking photos of the bride as she was walking outside and it was natural light, but then we go into the actual ceremony venue and it's completely dark. So just being able, and I had only like a split second, like to catch her and then like turn and get the groom's reaction as she walks in. So really knowing your gear and almost like knowing it like the back of your hand will help you so much in situations like that. Absolutely. Yeah. I usually equate that to having friends, you know, having a close friend is is similar to having a really good relationship with your camera because you know it through and through and you can really use it in situations that are typically stressful for photographers who aren't as familiar with their camera gear. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yep. And I love that. I love that you call and get a friend because, yeah, I I certainly regard my <laughs> certainly regard my camera as a, as a best friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too. Because I've had mine for a very long time and it's just, you know it so well, you can work with it intuitively and it's it's a collaboration basically and it's a really, really fun one. I'm sure a lot of the listeners can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, and yeah, I'd say, oh, and like just here, here's a bonus tip. If you ever rent gear, even if it's uh, the same camera that you have, 
make sure that you go in the settings and make sure that the the, the camera you rented has the same settings as the camera you have. <laughs> that's really true. Yeah, that's something people can overlook because they're so excited in the moment, you know, about this new gear that they have. Yeah, that's a, that's a good tip. It's important. Mm, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, because I had that. Yeah, so before the first wedding I shot, I rented uh, an A7 III. So the same exact replica of the one I have. but And I had everything ready. The batteries were charged. And then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to turn it on. Just, you know, it was like the night of. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to turn it on to make sure everything is okay. And then that's when it hit me that the settings were completely different from my camera. Right? So I'm like on my camera, I'm used to my profiles, my buttons, and so on. So I am so grateful that I caught that because it took me almost an hour and a half to make the changes and make it function the same way as my actual camera. <laughs> wow, yeah, it's good that you did that. That's incredible. Photographer intuition, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so grateful for that. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Okay, Nabil, my last question for you is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? Oh, that's a, that's a broad one, but I'd say... So one thing I wanted to achieve in the beginning was to actually start a photography business and make it and start working for myself, which is something I I have achieved. I'm so grateful for that. But now I'd say I want to take it to the next level. And one thing I really want to achieve is being featured on something like National Geographic. Mm -hmm. Landscape photography is such a big passion for me. And... I constantly work on it. I mean, I tra- I love traveling and whenever I travel, uh, I dedicate like hours of my day wherever I go just for, for that. So I'd say that that would be the next goal, being featured in some kind of big publication or even website with one of my shots. <laughs> yeah, that's a great goal. Yeah, and it's definitely something to strive for. A lot of photographers can relate to that because there's really very few things that are as fulfilling and as gratifying as seeing your photo in a book cover or magazine or something like that. It's definitely a great motivational booster for sure. Absolutely. It's like, hey, mom, look, I made it. (laughs) I made it. My photo is on the cover of a magazine and I made it. (laughs) (laughs) See? Yeah. Told you. It's not not just a hobby. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. People are noticing me. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure you'll be able to achieve that in no time because you're so persistent and passionate and you're doing such a good job with all the other genres that you specialize in. So I I look forward to the day when you tell me that you are finally on the cover of National Geographic or something similar. (laughs) Well, I'm looking forward to it too. And uh, if I do, I'm, I would love to come back on the podcast if I do that. <laughs> yes, please. You're welcome to come here another time for sure and talk about your, your new achievements for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, Nabu, thank you for such a fun interview. I had a lot of fun talking to you about your interests and your passion for photography. And I'm sure the listeners had a fun time listening to all the tips you had to share. And thank you for sharing these interesting, insightful um, stories and, and tips on and photography, especially taking photos of people at events. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And thank you for having me. It's It's been a joy and a pleasure to talk about all of this. So thank you. And for everything you guys do. <laughs> thank you too. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Nabil's wedding photos are some of my favorites in his portfolio. His models always look lost in their own world, oblivious to the camera, and that results in very candid and beautiful pictures. I hope his tips help you improve your photography, whatever it may be. See you next week. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? 
improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.